You're listening to the City Church Downtown Podcast. Now here's Doug Robbins. Well, what you heard Johnny Cash reading there was from Galatians chapter 6 about the law of the harvest that we reap what we sow. And the thing you got to understand about the law of the harvest is it's much like the law of gravity. If I take a ball and I drop it right here in Texas, it's going to do the same thing that it's going to do in South America and Africa and Europe. It's going to drop. The law of the harvest is like the law of gravity. And the thing about the law of the harvest is it doesn't care um, if you're black, white, brown, rich, poor, educated or not. It can work for you or it can work against you. It's working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But the good news is, is that you can, if you will, learn to submit to the law of the harvest and turn it in your favor. And so let me show you this one transforming idea for our conversation today, and it's this, that um, sowing seeds, not sincerity, determines success. Sowing seeds, not sincerity, determines success. Now, do we want to be sincere? Absolutely, we do. But I've met a lot of sincere and well-meaning people that never learn how to sow seeds appropriately, and they never experience the kind of spiritual success that they're looking for. Now, the law of the harvest, let me show you this definition of it. It states that the seeds you sow today become your success tomorrow. Your future success is completely predictable according to what you sow. And today I want to show you how to turn the law of the harvest in your favor. And I want you to consider four different harvests as we uh, begin. And the first is your health harvest. We know that some health issues are outside of our control, right? Due to genetics and disease and the like. But there are other issues regarding our health that are completely within our control, diet and exercise, see? And I was inspired by one of our volunteers, a key volunteer here at City Church named Erica. And uh, Erica sent me a picture of herself. Um, This was from a few years ago. And Erica explained to me that she had sowed seeds of self-rejection, people-pleasing, perfectionism, anger, resentment, and the fear of failure in her life. And as she had sown those seeds, she reaped a harvest of diabetes, high blood pressure, and food addiction. But what Erica decided to do is to turn the law of the harvest in her favor. And so she went through recovery. She started sowing seeds of forgiveness, courage, and a healthy lifestyle, health, exercise, and uh, diet. And let me show you a picture of Erica today as she has lost. Yeah, look at that. She's lost over 230 pounds because she started to sow the right kinds of seeds and now she's reaping a harvest of health, not just in her spirit, but also in her physical body. Now, let me show you the second kind of uh, harvest I want you guys to consider today for your lives, and that is the personal financial harvest. There's a, a couple who is in financial straits at City Church, and they came and started sowing seeds of financial peace in their lives. Their name's the Scullies. Let me show you their story real quick by way of video. Before we started at City Church, our our marriage was frankly coming coming to an end. I had some issues in my past with uh, abuse that I didn't deal with, um, alcoholism and abuse, and I held it all in, and I put on the mask 
and I didn't want him to see everything that was broken inside me. So I medicated myself by shopping, and uh, he got sick of it after a while and asked me for a divorce. I literally gave up. We were probably 300, probably three and a quarter, 320,000 in debt, and she had upwards of 50,000 in credit card just on, you know, no, nothing to show for it, just un, unsecured debt. There just seemed to be absolutely no hope. And um, it was a choice to make. Do I want to keep my mask on and keep living a lie or change things and make it work? Because I married my best friend. I remember begging him one day, just please, let's go to church. We'd heard that there was going to be an FPU class. and. Um, so we signed up and, and we started working, working the program and fast forward, you know, it, uh, it's changed our life and changed our marriage. So we, we went through the, the FPU program and uh, we were still struggling with the relationship and uh, at some point we, 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 there was a, an announcement at City Church about the re-engage program. It was very raw. The pain was very raw from what we've been through. And so I didn't talk a lot, but I listened and we'd go home and we'd do our homework and we'd talk and we'd cry and, and we talked about stuff we'd never talked about in 10 years or seven years of being married. And each week I dreaded it more, but I was kind of excited at the same time because we were getting closer together. We prayed together for the first time and it just made our our marriage so much stronger. I never would have figured myself out if we didn't if we didn't have City Church and the the recovery programs that it provides. Uh, we wouldn't be here right now. You know, they love everyone. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what you've done previously, and they want to help you. I'm John Scully. I'm Maddie Scully. This is our story. This is your story. So it's like um, now the Scullies are teaching the Financial Peace course and helping others get out of financial debt to experience the freedom that God intended uh, for us. Now, a third uh, area that I want you to consider is the career and educational harvest. Now, um, what I want to encourage you in when it comes to your career and your education, I put those two things together because some of you are younger and you're students right now and your job is to um, work your education like you would a job right now. But what I believe the Lord wants you to do is sow seeds of faithfulness in your current job and your current school. Sow seeds of faithfulness there. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 25, verse 21, the master is full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. And so what he's saying there is you be faithful with the small amount of responsibility you've been given in your job. Be faithful in your schoolwork right now, and then he will entrust you with more. I had a job at one point where my boss was negative. I didn't like him. He wasn't very nice. Um, and I decided I wasn't going to fall for the negativity and get swept into that. And I decided I was going to stay positive, be faithful in my role at that company at the time. And eventually, as I stayed faithful and sowed seeds of faithfulness in the current role, uh, 
the guy got transferred to Los Angeles, I got a new boss, and thank God, I got a raise. So uh, that is what happens in faithfulness. Now, some kids at school, what happens is they reap a harvest of a bad report card sometimes, right? And you know what I hear all the time? Well, that teacher just hates me. Teacher doesn't like me. But really, it has nothing to do with the teacher that you think hates you, but it's more the law of the harvest. Because when we plant seeds into, you know, continual Snapchat, uh, and what's that, kick, Okay, by the way, parents, kick is like a little deal where kids like um, get on there and chat and you can't see it and they get in these. So um, it's, it's kind of like a messaging uh, system for kids to hide from their parents. But anyways, if you sow into kick and Snapchat all the time, all the kids are like, bummer, Pastor Doug, you didn't have to like blow my cover there, right? Uh, but if you sow seeds into all that, nothing wrong with being online and all that, right? But if you sow seeds into that all the time and never sow the seeds into your homework, you're going to reap a harvest of a bad report card. See, it's the law of the harvest. Be faithful as a student, and then you'll reap a harvest of blessing in your life. Now, here's the fourth area. It's marriage and sexual purity harvest, okay? I put marriage and sexual purity together, and it's obvious why those go together. And I talked to some men who say, you know, Doug, my marriage is a mess. And you know what a lot of guys do to create a mess in their marriage and reap a harvest of jacked up marriage is that they plant in other fields. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's pretty obvious that you got to plant the seeds in your field, in your lady's field, right? And I talked to a guy who's like, he's reconnected with his girlfriend uh, from, from high school on Facebook, and they're chatting into the night. You see what he's doing? He's sowing seeds into another field. You keep the seeds in your lady's field, and everything's going to be all good, you know? And then I talked to some women before, and I knew this one woman, and she's like asking me, well, how come I'm reaping a harvest of my husband never wanting to be at home with me? It's like he stays at work as long as he can. If there's overtime, he takes it. After work, he goes out with the guys from work, and he never wants to come home. Well, then I, I had observed them in social situations before, and she planted seeds of negativity in him all the time. She always griped at him. She would demean him in front of groups of people in social settings. And then when he got home, she was always griping about his deficiencies. Look, is it any wonder that the guy didn't want to come home when he's uh, respected at work? And he comes home, and he gets these seeds planted in him of negativity and griping, see? So we want to, ladies, plant seeds of encouragement in our husband. And I put the marriage and uh, sexual purity together because most of you are not married. And God's design in the scriptures is that we keep ourselves pure before marriage. You do not have sex before you get married is what the Bible teaches us. And God doesn't give us that guideline in order to keep us from having fun. But actually, he's trying to uh, protect us from uh, a lot of hurt and pain in our lives. And so I've had unmarried people come to me. And, and someone's pregnant out of wedlock, and she'll come to me and say, Pastor Doug, uh, I got pregnant. How did that happen? We know how this ha- we, we do know, right? We do know how this happened. And look, here's what you got to understand. Because I know lots of you have had kids outside of a marriage. And I'm not trying to throw down on you by saying this. 
In fact, I present all my talks to my staff team, so I say less stupid things to you, and they, you know, help me cut things out that um, are not appropriate to say or whatever. And I ran this by our staff team, and one of the ladies on our team who had had some kids outside of marriage um, said, Doug, I wish someone, you keep that in there, I wish someone who would have told me this years ago. See? It's not that we're trying to uh, judge you. It's we're trying to protect you and see uh, God's blessing in your life, in your relationships. Now, here's what happens. Is that when people reap a harvest of destruction, they tend to think, well, God's punishing me. Well, look, it isn't God punishing you. It's, It's not God like injecting people with cellulite and high blood pressure when they don't watch what they eat and they don't exercise, right? Um, It's not God who made you get fired from a job when you didn't do the work and weren't faithful there. It's not God, um, you know, uh, making a teacher give you a bad grade, students, when you don't study. Um, A single person, when you get pregnant, it's not like some immaculate conception that happened there, right? It's not God doing that to you. And look, some of you are blaming your current situation on everyone under the sun. Like people used to say, oh, it's all Obama's fault, right? Now people are saying, oh, it's Trump's fault. Look, it didn't CNN, it didn't Fox News. Some of you need to just look in the mirror right now. And look, as your pastor who loves you, I'm not telling you this um, to be mean at all, but you should have seen this coming. It is the law of the harvest, and some of us today need to make a significant decision and look in a mirror and say, no, I'm going to take responsibility for the seeds that I planted in the past. And here's the good news, and here's where I want to encourage you is that we can change this, we can turn this thing around today if you'll choose to start sowing seeds into the right things. Now, Paul shows us three barriers to harvest because we all know it's common sense what I'm telling you today, right? So why don't more people do it? Well, it's because of these barriers to sowing the right kind of seeds. Now, let me show you the first barrier in Galatians chapter six. It's overconfidence. Overconfidence blinds you. Look at uh, Galatians 6, three. If anyone thinks there's something when they're not, what do they do? Say it. They deceive themselves. When you think you're all that and you're not, you deceive yourself. And what we wanna do is sow seeds of humility Now, when you sow seeds of humility, it doesn't mean that you think less of yourself. It means you think less about yourself, you see? A lot of us are so self-focused, all we do is plant seeds into ourself, right? But when we think less of ourselves, when we're humble, we plant seeds into our relationship with God, and we plant seeds into our wives, our parents, our children, our friends and others around us. See, sow some seeds of humility. But the second barrier uh, is comparing. A lot of people never sow the right seeds or they sow the wrong seeds because they compare themselves to everyone. Uh, Look at Galatians 6, 4, and 5. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without doing what? comparing themselves to someone else for each one should carry their own load. So ladies, check out what this means. Ladies, you don't have to compare your body to a Hollywood starlet who's been airbrushed and spent $100,000 on plastic surgery. 
You don't, men and women alike, you don't have to compare your home to someone else's home. You don't have to compare your car to some dude's pimped out ride, right? Look, um, that's what deceives us. That's what keeps us from sowing into the right things uh, in our lives is we think we have to have what other people have. And so what we want to do is sow seeds of contentment. You know how you sow a seed of contentment? You say, God, look, I'm content with what I have. I'm content with the home that you've given me. I'm content with the car that you've given me because it may be a hoopty, but it is a paid off hoopty, right? And so it's like, I'm content with what God has given me and I wanna be faithful with that. So there, here's the third barrier and that is giving up. Look at Galatians 6, 9. This has been one of the most impacting verses in the whole Bible on my life. I'll tell you why in a minute. But Paul says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not, what? Give up. And so a lot of people, they never experienced the good harvest because they didn't wait for the seeds to grow. They'd planted some good seeds, but you can plant good seeds, and if you don't wait on them to grow, then you're not going to experience the harvest, see? And here's why this verse was so significant for me. As I've told you many times that when I was a younger man, I struggled with lust, and what happened was is when I was in, in college, I read this verse, Galatians 6, 9, and I wrote it down on a Post-it note, and I was living upstairs in a room in my parents' house. I stuck that Post-it note on the wall in that room where I was living at the time with my parents when I was in college. And I took that post-it note with me when I moved away to college and I stuck it on my dorm room wall. I kept that post-it note with Galatians 6, 9 that says to not, you know, give up there. And I stuck it on my wall, you know, when I uh, got married to Jeannie and all that. And 17 years after I wrote out that post-it note and stuck it on a wall for the first time, I reaped the harvest of freedom from that lust issue in my life. 17 years of planting seeds of endurance. See, and here's a word for some of you today. Because you've backslidden or you've struggled or you, you fell off the wagon, you know what I'm trying to say here, like you screwed up and you knew better and here's your temptation. The enemy will come to you and he'll tempt you and he'll say, look, you screwed up, you're never gonna change, so just forget about it, just give up that's not what we do. I'm not going to receive that. I'm going to plant a seed of endurance and I'm going to get back up on the horse and ride. I'm going to get back up. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to worship. I'm going to get back up. I'm going to confess my sin before God. I'm going to confess it to a friend who will pray for me and I'm going to keep going, plant seeds of endurance. And maybe 10 years from now, maybe 15 years from now, you will reap the harvest of freedom or blessing that God has intended for you. But you know the deal with Americans. We want it now, right? We like, God, just go to a church service and shazam me, right? Like, jolt me with lightning. And all of a sudden, I'm a changed man. I'm a changed woman. And that happens sometimes. But most of the time, what happens? The law of the harvest. You have to plant seeds of endurance and continue on. And in due time, the Bible says, you'll reap a harvest if you won't grow weary. See? So let me show you a couple of uh, great harvests here, ways to, to sow a great harvest. The first one is sharing. Look at what Paul says in Galatians 6.6. 6. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Now, um, 
I really love that verse for obvious reasons, right? Because I instruct people in the word and I'm like, yeah, tell them what's up, Paul. Tell them to share with their pastor that that teaches them the word. But you know, um, I don't want you to share anything with me today. And I want to tell you why, because you already do. I am so honored to be your pastor. I feel very loved here. And you guys are all the time encouraging me and sharing good things with me. And it is a privilege and an honor to be your pastor. And I have other pastor friends. And I hear these horror stories of these mean people in their churches that never appreciate them, never share with them, never care about them. And I think, man, it sucks to be you, dude, because like uh, all the mean people went to your church, all the cool people went to our church, and I love being at our church, you know? Uh, so, So here's how I want you to apply this text in your life. Is there someone in your life, maybe a volunteer Bible study leader or a recovery leader or your youth pastor from back in the day or students right now, Pastor Robbie, who sows the word of God into your life regularly, or maybe you're a kid and you're in children's ministry at Kid City or any volunteer that uh, has taught you the word, share something good with them this week. Send them a text message and let them know how much you appreciate them. I would not be walking with God. There's no way if I didn't have a a good youth pastor many years ago and um, good volunteer um, youth Bible study leaders that that I went to. And so send someone a text today. For some of you, it's a pastor you had years ago. For some of you, it's a, a volunteer Bible study leader that you had many years ago. Send them a text or a message today and let them know that you, you appreciate the way is that they've taught you um, the word of God. Now, check this out. Um, The second way to sow a great harvest is by restoring. And look at what Paul says in uh, Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should do what? Restore that person gently. Sow seeds of restoration in someone that can't pay you back. Sow seeds in restoration in someone who is at the bottom right now in their life. They're really struggling. And look, here's the temptation. Is that you get around other Christian people and, you know, someone else is at the bottom, they've struggled, and you'll be tempted to, like, gossip about them, right? It's like, oh, they should have known. Should darn law of the harvest. They should have done it, done the right thing. That's not our hearts, is it? See, you want to not participate in the gossip. You don't want to say, yeah, they made their bed, now they got to lay in it. What you want to say is, no, I'm going to reach down and lift them up and sow a seed of restoration into someone's life, no matter what they've been involved in or no matter what they've done. Um, And uh, recently, um, about a month ago, I went and spoke at City Church West out the 151 Saloon. And when I was there, I was there for the purpose of challenging that congregation out there and challenging Pastor Brent, who was moving over to the Bandera Road City Church to be the lead pastor uh, of all of that. And what I did was I stood up in front of that congregation and I honored Pastor Brent. I believe in honor of people who have done the work of restoration. And I explained to them that 17 years ago, when I was at the bottom and my marriage was almost over, And I was questioning which way is up spiritually. Pastor Brent sowed seeds of restoration in my life. And I'm enjoying a great relationship with my wife and family today. And there's a thriving church in downtown San Antonio because Pastor Brent sowed seeds of restoration 
into my life. And for that, he will always be honored by this mouth. See? And someday, some of you will be honored in front of five people, 500 people, maybe 5,000 people because you sowed some seeds of restoration in someone's life who couldn't pay you back at that time. But the payback and honor will happen years later. And even if no one on this earth ever sees it, God in heaven will see and he will reward, reward you for your seeds that you sow of restoration in the life of someone who is hurting. Now, I've talked about all kinds of seeds to sow today, hadn't I? And some of them really stuck out to you. That, you know, hey, it's like, hey, yeah, I probably need to sow into my financial life, or yeah, I probably need to start sowing into my spouse a little more, and I, you know, I need to sow into my purity, and all, the, all these things coming up, right? And you should, you should pick one. But this last one I wanna show you is by far the most important for all of us. No matter where we're sowing right now, please, 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 please don't forget this last one. And that is we want to sow seeds of the gospel. Look at John chapter four, verse 35. Jesus says, you know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. The harvesters are paid good wages and the fruit they harvest is what people brought to eternal life. There's nothing more important than planting the seeds of the gospel in the people that you know, that you see at the coffee shop every week, that you see in your office or your gym or your school or your neighborhood. Plant the seeds of the gospel, the good news about Jesus in their life because someday people will have eternal life because you have the courage to have the conversation. You know, you know how it's hard to have that conversation? You're like, oh, what do I even do? There's no good way to do it. You just have to say it, right? You just have to say, look, hey, dude, I'm not trying to be all like, you know, televangelist on you or, you know, judge you or anything like that. But dude, look, have you ever even just like thought about a relationship with God? Have you ever considered what Jesus did for you? Have you ever considered um, the historical, uh, you know, validation of the resurrection of Jesus Christ? You have to have the conversation planting seeds of the gospel of people of Christ. And so look, believers, please don't be distracted because in churches, there's all kinds of things that we can get distracted by. And what happens is you go to the Christian bookstore or you listen to a podcast or something like that and you learn about some pet issue that some pastor or communicator has about doing this, that, and the other and never neglect the most important seeds to sow, which is the gospel so that people would experience eternal life. See? The biggest temptation for churches and believers is to veer off course of our purpose on the earth at this dispensation of time. See, the gospel. Now, those of you who are spiritual investigators, here's the temptation for you, is to be distracted by other life questions that are far less significant than the gospel. There are all kinds of philosophical questions you can think about and explore but the most important question you can ask yourself is do I have a relationship with God and will I spend an eternity with him? It's forever. After you die, 
and it's a higher quality of life, spiritually speaking, in this life. And we give you all kinds of space to explore, right? We're not like telling you you have to do this, that, and the other, or jump through a bunch of religious hoops. We're just saying, hey, at your own pace, you can explore God. And sure, on your own, do some reading and just come and learn here at this church at your own pace. And here's the deal is that some of you, as you've been seeking God, what you've realized is that God is this loving father, this dad that cares so much about you and loves you, and he's the one that's been seeking you. And today may be your day, right? Isn't it? For someone. And you've been seeking, and you're like, wow, I am the car that, I'm the dog that caught the car, and, and I've got to do something here. I've got to make a decision here today. And if this is your day, why don't we just talk to him real quick? We'll talk to the Lord and let's bow our heads and close our eyes and please don't be distracted by anything or anyone around you because this is the most significant moment perhaps in your entire existence and you might want to talk to God and say, look, I know God, I've sinned, but Jesus right now, the best I get it, I choose to believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin and I welcome you into my life. I love you. I'm like, I'm welcoming you into my life to have love relationship with me and walk with me. There are others of us who have been believers for many years and our prayer today is to make a commitment of planting a seed. And maybe we just wanna say something to God like this, hey look, God, I know I need to sow the seeds of restoration in another human being. God, I need to uh, sow a seed of sharing with someone who's taught me the word. God, I want to sow seeds into my marriage. God, I need to start sowing seeds into healthy finances. And I need to make that commitment. God, I need to sow seeds into my health because I'm in such bad shape. God, Please give me the strength, the strength to, to endure, to, to sow seeds of endurance so I can see the great harvest that you have for me in the future. Thank you, God, for showing us your truth today from Galatians. And we pray all these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit citychurchdowntown.com.